Welcome back to Discipleology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. Today, joined with Chris and Mary, we're going to talk about doubt. So I think that is uh, an issue that a lot of us have dealt with in the past. Even when we turn to scripture, Thomas is renamed Doubting Thomas in a lot of scripture. But uh, I want to bring out John 20. If I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands, put my finger in the mark of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. A lot of us deal with doubt. How do we know that we know that we know? Salvation is a wonderful, mysterious thing. How do we know? Yeah, well, I think it's important to remember that a lot of the disciples that were kind of ribbing Thomas had seen Jesus risen. And so they weren't needing to have the belief or the faith that Thomas was needing to have. I'm really thankful for doubting Thomas. I think it gives us an example of faithfulness in doubt um, and that the Lord that he would come and say like, no, really, I want you to put your hands here. Like if that's what it requires, um, I'm willing, I'm willing for you to come to me and let me erase your doubt. Yeah. If you look throughout scripture, um, you know, Jesus was okay with questions. Um, in fact, he taught with questions, you know, he, he actually asked more questions than he did teaching material really. And so I think once we accept that, that there is going to be some doubt. You said in the past, I've, I doubted some things this morning. You know, <laughs> I doubted if I could uh, make it through the snow to get out of uh, my house. I mean, we just have doubts, right? And so having comfortable places to go to ask those questions and be okay with it is, is important. And I think we've failed on that uh, in the church, in the, in, you know, I think the church that I grew up in, it seemed to major on keeping people in doubt. I mean, we believe that we could lose our salvation for almost anything. Mm. And so anytime that we had at our church, we had altar calls. And so if you felt like you had done a sin, you know, bad enough that you needed to rededicate and become saved again. So you go down for the altar call or you would miss going to heaven. And so it was just ingrained in myself that if you have any doubt, it means that you are not a believer. And, you know, I love it in the Bible where, uh, where he says, um, I believe, but, uh, help me with my doubts, my unbelief, my unbelief, my unbelief, help me with my unbelief because, you know, I, that's okay. That's okay. And then there's the the flip side, I think, where, um, you know, doubt is an attack from Satan. Mm -hmm. And it's saying that Jesus is not enough. That if you doubt your salvation, if you doubt that um, that that uh, that Jesus is going to be with you, it's because you you don't have your trust in Jesus. In fact, I found a quote. I love this quote from uh, Thomas Brooks. Sorry, guys, you may have to cut there because for some reason it went away. No cutting. All of this stays. <laughs> okay, here we go. So I found this quote that I love from uh, Thomas Brooks, and it says, "We have all things in Christ." Christ is all things to a Christian. If we are sick, Jesus is a physician. If we thirst, Jesus is a fountain. If our sins trouble us, Jesus is our righteousness. 
If we stand in need of help, Jesus is mighty to save. If we fear death, Jesus is life. If we are in darkness, Jesus is light. If we are weak, Jesus is strength. If we are in poverty, Jesus is plenty. If we desire heaven, Jesus is the way. The soul cannot say this I would have in that I would have, but having Jesus, he is all he needs, imminently, perfectly, eternally. So Jesus is it. But it's believing and having faith in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think often too, uh, we attribute like working out our salvation to either one way or the other, to either moving towards doubt or to move towards such assurance that like we don't think we need to work out our salvation. Mm-hmm. We just think, oh, okay, well, that's that's done. We can move on. And I think there is some uh, there are some things that worry me as a leader of women, a leader of people uh, when there's not a working out of salvation. I think our the fruit of our lives will tell us, are we walking in the spirit? Was our salvation true? And so I think um, I come from a background of kids camp where on Thursday night, so often kids would come down and say, this is what I do every Thursday night of camp. I rededicate my life. I get saved again. And I would have to say, no, 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 no. That's, that's not the promise of scripture. That's not the promise of the gospel. The promise of the gospel is that you believe and that it is a one-time application of of that righteousness that that is for your entire life but that there is a working out of fruit in our lives and so i do think uh, we do need to be aware uh, maybe not doubtful but yet aware of the fruit that our lives are showing uh, and to really see do those align with the words of christ with with what we see in scripture to be true of those who are faithful followers of his I'm so glad that you brought up fruit because that's where my community group went just a few weeks ago of, uh, if I don't have fruit, then am I saved or is it, I'm, you know, it's not by works that you are saved. It's by, by faith, by grace. Right. So how do we then have more fruit in our lives? Uh, a lot of people in my group were super nervous because they didn't see the fruit in their lives. And so, um, you know, are they studying enough? Are they living out enough? Are they looking different enough? I don't know, you know? And so Ephesians two talks about God has already set up. Jesus has already set up the works for us to do beforehand. And so it's not that it's, uh, faith without works. It is a marrying of the two ideas. Mm -hmm. How do we do more of that? I think it is important to remember that our idea of belief of this like intellectual ascent is a very Western mm-hmm. idea, whereas the the readers of the text, the initial hearers of Jesus asking people to trust him, to believe, was not just that they would believe in their heads, but that they would believe in the way that they live their lives, that sure. their lives would look significantly different. And so belief was a lot more accurate. I think than we tend to think about. Mm. So we think about belief as, yeah, I agree. Like Jesus is God. Jesus raised from the dead. I mean, we have those tenets of the faith that you can't, you can't be a Christian and not affirm, but that it is one step further. Even when we talk about repent and believe Mm -hmm. uh, that there is some action associated Mm -hmm. with that belief. And so even in that conversation, uh, a, a Jewish listener, a Middle Eastern listener would be thinking, my belief has to have a working out. Sure. Yeah. Um, be doers of the word, not just yeah. hearers of the word. And you brought up a, a great point about you had this discussion within your 
your small group mm -hmm. within your community group and how do we know that we're you know living out and, and growing in our discipleship and showing fruit well a lot of it comes through that community and sure. through those conversations that we have mm -hmm. in our our group so if we're trying to figure out on our own you know do i have the fruit am i living this life the way i should be living well doing it by myself there's a lot of blind spots yeah. You know, honestly, um, my wife points them out all the time. <laughs> she helps me see the <laughs> That's fruit. our job as wives. <laughs> exactly. But a lot of it comes through just those conversations of, man, I don't get it mm -hmm. within my small group. Mm -hmm. You know, this happened this week. Why did I react this way? Mm -hmm. You know, and then talking it through and looking at scripture. And so that's how that's how we, we work through those doubts is by asking yeah. those questions and asking people to to show us those blind spots in our lives. When I was a youth minister, I would ask some of my kids, my, my little small group at the time, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you would go to heaven, right? And so rarely did we ever get tens. Uh, most of the time it was, you know, six or seven in that range. And there, there was always that kid that was a one or a two, right? And so then it, it allowed us then to circle around that one kid and, and share the gospel more with him or her. Um, but it, what I wanted out of those kids was for them to be confident in their salvation, confident in God, uh, that they could be tens. And so then it was, how do we shift everybody to a 10? Knowing that we are saved, living in a confidence, what does it look like moving forward? Yeah, I think often we live in light of those things that we may not fully believe like we mm -hmm. may not fully believe oh i'm a 10 today but because of christ we can live into that we can trust i mean it all comes down to i think often we think that uh it's all about us and so if i'm not doing enough if i'm not reading enough if i'm not showing enough fruit then uh maybe i'm not saved but really it's is it's exactly what you said earlier chris it's is jesus enough mm. and we believe that he is and so just like you said um, Andrew, we just constantly point back to the cross. I know I have to preach the gospel to myself every day, or I forget the beauty of it. I forget the majesty of it. And I need to be reminded that I need a savior, uh, who is bigger than my doubts and who can handle my questions. Um, and Chris, you may can tell us a little more about this, but I feel like in the church, at least in churches that I've been a part of, they haven't always been a safe place to ask our questions. Mm -hmm. When really that is, that's the goal of the church is that we would sharpen one another, not just that we would read together, but that we would wrestle through questions. And so you may have some tips or helps for us of like, how do we build a community that's really comfortable sharing questions and, and sharpening one another? Yeah. I think a lot of it is, uh, if you have small groups, which I encourage most churches to have small groups, but is training your group leaders to um, be open to questions yeah. and also training group leaders to not have all the answers mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of pressure on group leaders to, if somebody has doubt, well, I've got to answer that doubt yeah. or I've got to, I've got to answer that question, even if I'm unsure myself. And really, um, you know, C.S. Lewis said that the, the sign of friendship is when you find somebody says, um, you too. You know, you have that doubt, you have that question, I've had that question. And then to look at scripture for what scripture says. And if you if you need to talk to a pastor or somebody else, somebody that's just at least one step or two steps 
down the road um, for, you know, what their opinion is. And I think another thing, too, you talked about the the one to ten. Um, we have this tendency to want to go from three to eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, we need this leader. They're coming in at four. We need them at a ten before they can lead a small group when really we should be focusing on getting them to a four. Mm-hmm. So what is their spiritual next step? recognizing what it is, helping them take that. And that's our job as leaders, church leaders, group leaders, knowing where the people in our group are on their spiritual journey and just helping them get to a four or get to the, a five and celebrating that. Sure. That's a good word for parents too. I think about as we raise two five-year-olds, like how am I going to respond when they do come up with doubts. Now, right now we live in that beautiful place where they're just like, of course, Jesus is God, Mm -hmm. uh, which is such a picture of childlike faith. But we know that those days will come. And so to encourage the parent of a teenager who's really dealing with this, I think about when I was a teenager and I remember walking into my pastor's office with my Bible open being like, please help me explain Romans 9. Like, what is happening here? Uh, Can you please tell me what blaspheming the Holy Spirit is? Like, what if I've done that and like I can't get saved now because I've done the worst sin? And um, I just remember him so first of all, saying like, can you come back tomorrow? This is a lot of questions. I'm going to need you to calm down. Uh, But then like to really walk through and say, hey, if you're concerned that you may have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, the likelihood is your heart wants to please God and like you haven't. Um, And that blaspheming the Holy Spirit would be a rejection of him and that you haven't done that. And so you can, you can rest in that and you can continue to walk in faithfulness. And so as parents, these are questions we need to be ready to answer. Uh, but just like you said, Chris, to point to people who have more answers than we do, or to point to other trustworthy adults so that they're not just hearing it from their parents, but they're also hearing it from other leaders that they they probably are going to listen to a little more than they listen to their parents just because they're teenagers and that's what's ha- what happens. And so I, I think talking about doubt with your kids and letting them know to expect that to come at some point is a really great way to begin to have this conversation in your home. The most terrifying scripture for me is depart from me. I never knew you. Right. Mm. And so to me, it's how do I know Jesus and how does Jesus know me? Well, it's a relationship, Mm. right? And so developing this relationship of spending time together in the same way that you and I are friends because we have spent time together and you and I are friends because we have spent time together. So building that relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So then when we get to heaven, he doesn't say, depart from me. Closing thoughts. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. It just comes back to, you know, I I have doubts about health. I have doubts about Mm -hmm. finances. I have doubts every single day and I have to always go back to, but Jesus is enough. Yeah, we all want security in all the things, and yet just continually pointing our eyes, preaching the gospel to ourselves every day, continuing to point our eyes to Christ is the answer to doubt. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is a really good discussion for us to have often, Yeah. right? It is a discussion that needs to happen within our family, within our small groups, within our church. Um, Please reach out to us, uh, Discipleology or disciplology at lifeway.com. You can shoot us an email. Watch us on YouTube. Watch us on Facebook. Uh, if you have not signed up or subscribed to uh, podcasts or Apple podcasts, you can do that as well. Uh, we have reached 
tens of thousands of people already with this. And so we, I just want to thank you uh, for listening and for watching. Um, if you have questions, we'd love to answer them and we'll see you next week.